kids official sliding on the instrumental nordic combos twist your mental life forbidden peace to the public and power to the people yo big health big healing and for sure today big hip-hop in the space where the vulnerable are powerful and where the most gangster thing you could do is surf. This is All The Way Live. This is indeed the All The Way Live show. And what a show we got for people today, man. You know, we do this show on a weekly basis. And you know exactly what we do it for, man. We say, Miles Xavier, we dedicate ourselves to research. We dedicate ourselves to finding some of the coolest artists. We dedicate ourselves to finding some of the people that are doing the best impact. We do it for a host of reasons, but the main reason that we do it for is because we know people are going through it, right? We know that depression is at an all-time high. We know that suicide is at an all-time high. We know that being lonely is like smoking 15 packs, 15 cigarettes a day out of a pack. You ain't alone. You ain't gotta be alone. We here for you. You, you ain't gotta be alone. And that's what we do this show for, man. Carefully curated content for your cranium all the way live. You know, you come right over here, get a piece of that positive energy and go about your day. That's what we do it for. And we do it consistently. Big facts, we do it consistently. We're able to do that because of you, my brother. You know, Exeter's in the building. Johannesburg is in the building via my dog. You know what I'm saying? And our producer, Hassan, shout out the boy. You know what I'm saying? Producing from his home, the fam, the crib situation. We appreciate you, big homie. And New York is in the building in a big way. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. But believe that, no doubt. Uh, and you know what's going on on this side, man. This podcast is recorded on stolen land, right? This is Chicago. This land was cared for by the Potawatomi people, the Council of the Three Fires. And the violence done to remove those people from this land is inseparable from the violence that we see in the city today this country today, and this world today, right? And for that reason, to acknowledge that harm done, we acknowledge, we lift up, we love on the indigenous people the world over. You know, we lift up love for black and brown people the world over. We hope it feels good to be you and whatever skin you in. And that's how we end the intro. Let's get into the show. Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that. But is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard? Yes, sir. Now, listen, me and my brother Miles are both activists, community organizers. We serve the people. We are for the people. And this week ain't no different. Ain't no different. Before we get into that, Miles, talk to me, my brother. What energy are you coming with? How you doing? Ah, uh, checking in. My brother knows I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Just getting the level set. Talk about the energy we bring into this space, bro. I'm good. I'm full. You know, big gratitude. Got to spend a little time right up the street, man, on uh, 67th and St. Lawrence, um, talking about speech and communication therapy, trying to provide that for folks where the access isn't that great. Basically, if it ain't in your school, you're probably not going to get access to that type of stuff, which is critical, right? If you struggle, if you have communication challenges, that affects everything, right? Your social life, your school life, everything. So we try and make sure that people have access to services that... uh can get them straight with that, you know, supporting the kids, helping them find and amplify their voice. So it's cool to be able to big that up right down the street from the crib. That's what I've been on. 
And you already know what we've been on collecting these laptops, bro. Tell them what we bought them, what we need them to do. Like my brother says, helping these kids get technology and helping them get the support that they need. Over COVID, we saw so many kids just not be able to go to school. You know, a lot of kids went back home. They got to do online learning. They don't have internet at the crib to be able to do that. So we literally now have a generation, especially of black and brown kids, that had to go home without any laptops, without any computers. And, you know, now they're stuck in this limbo situation. We keep telling y'all what we do, man. How many how many meals have we handed out yet? What what, what is it? What's the scoreboard say right now? Where we at? I don't know. It's in the M's, though. It's in the M's. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We need we need drops. We definitely need drops for that. But I believe the last time we checked, distributed over 10 million meals with the help of you guys. And so we are calling on y'all again one more time, man, to be able to get these laptops to these kids. We've handed out three laptops so far this year, a scholarship out this year. Miles wants to hand out 2,000 laptops yep. in the next four months. I know they out there. I know they out there. I know somebody's office space just turned over all fresh, brand new equipment. Figure out where it's going. Let us know. But on the low, if you also have your own solo independent laptop, you're looking for a new one, your old one ain't quite kicked the bucket, or you know somebody that's in that situation, let us know, man. We'll put that laptop in the hands of a kid who's going to appreciate it and do great things with it. For sure. And we got a whole bunch of dope content around it too, man. You get the feel, as the empowering feeling it feels to be able to help somebody I know for a fact that the the act of making of doing this sort of work is some of the most rewarding work that I've ever done, you know. And so we definitely would like to be able to extend that same feeling to all of y'all. Um, congratulations again to our last laptop winner, a young superstar in South Africa who's studying engineering. We know she's about to go make a big difference in the world so go check out our mandula foundation page become a part of the journey help some kids out man help some kids no say it do it share it you know what i'm saying like this video too you know subscribe all that <laughs> yo where impact meets art what is what what art are we on to today what what are we doing and what are we giving we give these people way too much we do, we do. Um, but I think one of the things we best at giving them is hip-hop, right? And uh, we, we well within our comfort zone with this one today, man. Um, I love that this space has become a space where we can just talk about the things that we like or that we rock with. Um, and so I'm rocking heavy with some of the music I heard from this gentleman that's joining us. Big Cousin, welcome to All The Way Live, bro. Yo, yo, what's good, y'all? How y'all doing? Appreciate y'all having me on here. And I mean, big love, NYC, all over the world. You know the vibes. No doubt, man. Because, oh, because, oh, welcome, welcome, my man. Yo, yo, can I tell you, before you, and we've had a conversation. We, we've been talking and had such so much, a great, common, natural conversation before this. Um, and we know a bit of your story. But for us as people that have been bumping your music for the last week or two on repeat, you know, Break down to us and the folks, man. Who is Big Cuzzo and what's the story like? What you feeling? Man, Big Cousin, he's just Big Cousin, man. He's just, he just a guy. But the story story starts in New York, South South Jamaica. Uh, just my brothers was just, they were just hip-hop heads, you know? Like, I just, I always listened to them. They always had, they, they, they were the first ones to introduce to me what a cassette player was. 
and then we had to plug it into the stereo. They showed me how to use it. Man, we would just be recording like live radio sessions. Like this is like early 2000s, right? Because I was still living in Queens, and it was just it was just the the influence of that. And then like you know my brothers, uh, you know coming home. Like I said, my father came. He was listening to Yellow Man, Barrington, Levy, all of them people. And then my brother was coming home with Wu Tang. And then my other brother was coming home with MF Doom, like those kind of things, like LimeWire. So I just, you know, I, I fell in love with music around that time. But I started making music in 2009 when I, one day I just came down and I saw my brother with, the, with this computer that we were sharing. And we used to play rock band. You know the game rock band. Yeah, right? yeah. So we took the rock band mic and plugged it into our USB on our mic, and we just started rapping over it. That's how we first started. You know what I mean? That's that's how everything started. Like just just from that moment on, and then like, you know, ever since then, I just I fell in love with it. You know, like it was such a such a thing for me. Like you know, it was therapeutic for me, especially like you know, like you know, just growing up, my family, my mom not being here, and things like that. So it just helped me, you know just express better and like, you know, it, it got me to this point here, you know? So like big cousin is really just big cousin's just love, baby. You know what I mean? Big cousin blue money, you know the vibes. Like that's just that's just really a really good story, you know? Like that's that's how everything really got started, you know? Uh, so that's I could go on and on, but that's the main thing, you know? I know Miles got a whole bunch of questions too, but Miles, you we're we're busy trading on uh which which song to to start breaking down for Big Cuz, but I think you know, man, like one of the things that we were trying to put our finger on when we were listening to your story and why it's so dope is because it's such a a, a pure hip hop story, you know, going from rock band using what you can to be able to put that music out. So now when people listen to that Blue Money, it's polished music. It's polished music. You know what I mean? That 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 bleed respect. That's polished music. So how do you get from rock band sound all the way now to where we're hearing my boy talk about? I want that pen to bleed respect. How do you get to that point? Um. You get to that point by just not listening to what anyone says. Like you just, like you, you it's so, like prior. I'll give you a story. Prior to Blue Money, like I, I dropped, I dropped the album. I, if you guys could ever find it, I don't know if anyone would ever find my old albums, but I have like two albums on the internet. Um, or like it's two thousand. They're both on Dat Piff, by the way. Remember Dat Piff? Freaking Shout out Dat Piff. Yeah, shout out that Piff. They, you know what I mean? My my first mixtape slash album was on there and I used to sell it on CDs. And people, my teachers used to buy my CDs, funny enough. People, it got to the point where I gave away my CDs, but then people, people, like, I was the only rapper in my area, right? So everybody was like, oh, you're the only rapper. Like, no one wants to rap, get a job. Everyone was like, get a job, this, that, third, you know? So with that being said, I just, I just never listened to what anyone said to me. Even, even like, you know, ex-girlfriends at the time telling me that I shouldn't be rapping, I should get a job, like, go to college, like, you know, things like that. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not, uh, you know, those, those are the things that really kept the fire going because I felt like there was, like, you know, there was, there was doubts. But, again, you just ignore those things and you just keep going. You fo- like, I followed my intuition the whole time. Like, I didn't, I didn't go with what my, you know, what my ex would say or what anyone else would say, or my brothers, even sometimes my brothers would say things, but they, you know, 
you still you just got to stay focused, man. If you love if you doing something and you love it and you know you do, then there shouldn't be any question about it. So, you know what I mean? That's that's really that's really how I got there. Like, you know, people would always tell me, you know, don't focus like blue money in the middle of that. People were telling me, oh, it ain't gonna work. You're not gonna, you're not gonna work with Stally. You're not gonna work with Ev. You're not gonna, you know what I mean? Like people would, people would just try to try to denounce what I'm trying to manifest. And that's the thing about these artists is that you know everyone gets caught in this thing of like you know taking like all artists are sensitive. So all artists get all sensitive and then they don't want to finish things. And I've 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 seen a lot of people in the process of blue money, people quit, people just give up their dreams, say, oh man, I'm just gonna focus on this. And all I did was kept my head down in the studio for the pat blue money took me about a year to finish because I was working at McDonald's, had a hundred other things in my way, but I still managed to get shit done. I mean get things done. Nah, you could say you get shit done. That's what you did. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. No right. doubt. Um where are the moments in the process for you that let you know that you are on the right path, right? Does that come in the studio? Does that come when the song is finished? Where when are where are the moments where you're like, oh nah, I'm sure? It's I it, it really just depends. <laughs> like sometimes I'll be in the car and I'll write a song and I'm like, this is it. You know, like it's 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 really just following your intuition. Like most most of the times where I've had that was when I was writing in my car, in my in by myself, like, you know, just just in my own world, not worrying about socials, nothing. Just like that's that's really it for me. Sometimes in the studio, like I wrote, I wrote, well, tell you the truth, I wrote like Blue Money was mostly written like in my car, <laughs> tell you the truth. You know what I mean? Like I mostly you. just like on the trips and stuff like that, you know? So yeah, man, that's that's really how I know. Like I just follow my gut feeling and I just follow through. You know what I mean? No doubt. No doubt. We was rapping a little bit before the show. Um, you was mentioning that like your focus is on you right now, especially musically in terms of hip hop. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you're listening to that like is is your R and B game up? Is you are you listening to other things or is it just you well, dialed into what you write into and all that? I mean, I'm I'm dialed in, but I mean R and B. I am a sucker for R and B. Like I love R and B. Like what what Division, Giveon, like. Those those areas like who else? Uh, Brent Fires. Okay, uh, you hearing what's out there? You for sure hearing yeah, what's out there. Like, yeah. I'm I'm in there. I'm tapped in. Like I know. Like I just you know those those people I fuck with. But other than that, I just been like I just really been focused on what I've been doing, man. Because I've been I'm working on my other project as we speak. Like you know I'm one is about to drop and I'm working on another one as we. So I'm just trying to keep myself a year ahead of myself so I ain't got to worry about no pressure. You know what I mean? No doubt. Yo, especially when, you know, you can definitely hear some of that R&B stuff. And, like, on a real note, you can... Not saying that your music is R&B at all, <laughs> but when somebody loves R&B, especially like me, like you say, Brent Fires, Giveon, I'm also Summer Walker, Snow Allegra. That, that's our type of vibe. So when I listen to Love Games, you can definitely hear the, the cadence that you're bringing it, that you're, that you're, you got love games going in, you know, it's definitely got a very melodic mindset to it in the way that you're delivering the cadence, you know? So okay. when you, when you're writing and you're putting, and you're putting things together, do you see the end product before or do you, do you just let it move you through it? 
I moved through it. I ain't gonna lie. Like, love, tell you the truth, love games came from, love games came from like just, it came from heartbreak. I was heartbroken when I wrote the song. So, you know what I mean? I just it that that one just was, that one was like built up. You know that 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 one came to me and it was just like in the studio. To be real, that one just, it it was just the right beat, right song, and everything that I was feeling at the time. I just put it down on paper, man. Like, I just love games is just a song to all the fellas that really, really are genuinely like, you know, they, they love, you know, they love women. They love themselves and they just want to be free to express themselves without being judged, you know, as a man, things like that. And also a love games is an ode to positive masculinity and being honest. That's what's up. Yeah, uh, that's what's up. I I really appreciate that. My bad. I, I see Zoe trying to jump in. I just wanted to real quick, just throw out that man. Like I love. I appreciate hip hop as a space where it's one of the few like areas where black men specifically like get praised for being emotional, right? For like sharing their actual story and like sharing what they actually feel, bro. So yeah, taking yeah, advantage yeah. of that space is fire, you know. Come on, that's 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 why I love that's why I love writing because you know like I I I really. I really fell in love. R&B was my R&B is like you know Mary J. Blige like when she came out with uh, uh what's that song up? Uh, not the cookout, the good. Uh, real, real love, love. real love. Yeah, there we go. When she came out with real love, man, that that was like, that was like wow. And then me listening to Jay Z, but like song cry, those like those kind of lyrics expressing like you know what I mean like it hip hop, hip hop needs to. Bring that back, really. How I feel about it. I mean, hip hop needs to like really, like top tier needs to bring back that full expression. Because you know, man, nobody's really expressing like how they was before. You know, like, that's yeah. that's why I love Love Games because Love Games is like, you know, that's that song was really it was personal, but it was such a, it was needed to be said. Like you know, the lyrics in there, like you know, our twenties ain't the same as our parents was. Like that's the ode to the to a positive masculinity. Like yo, you have to understand that as yourself. Like you're you yes, you have, your face might be like your father's, but you are not. You know what I mean? Oh, bro, you touching on daddy issues right now, bro. That's, that's, we got we got content on content on that, but like you know, we got to chop it up a bit before the the show, and I think what what resonates and what's definitely coming from you from a very authentic place is how as like you keep saying that positive masculinity, right, and being very self aware about what the ego is and how to be able to deflect from that and being real present and then seeing you actually let that speak through your music with intention my brother i think and then then you're a spitter too like a serious serious spitter and i think when you put those two things together dog um that's that's the the unique sound that that you know i think i enjoy most about about this blue money and i'm excited for what you got coming next oh, i appreciate that man not for real like that's that's crazy i appreciate that man like People that like that that sound sonically is you know it's it's hard to it's hard to recognize the the uniqueness about it because everyone's so quick to say it's old school people to say that oh I just like this one you know instead of like dissecting the whole thing you know mm. appreciate that yo so is that what we can expect on the next project something similar or you feel yourself being pulled in a new direction I'm in a whole new direction man I. Like I, blue money, blue money was just to let go of everything of how I was feeling. Like I, I blue money was just, uh, it was progression. 
because I was doing a lot of regressing at the time of the new money. So that, that that's done and done, you know. So this next project is more moving forward about my attitude about how things are now. Like, there's a song on there. There's a song on there on my new project. It's called Sport Mode, by the way. Um, you know, no features. Sport no mode, coming soon. Yeah, come on, it's coming soon. No big features, nothing crazy. Just, just me, like you know. And and again, it, it, it's, it I'm more focusing on like just being honest with myself and and being honest to, to like I sport mode is the next follow up to do money basically sport mode pole position grand prix but those that really really you you know you can expect some growth on this one like this one is really uh more more grown more mature like more honest like you know I ain't got to I ain't got to worry about the same stuff as I was worrying about on blue money Sport mode, pole position. It's not, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of marathon, marathon uh, elements out of that. And you know, you talking to people that got nip tattoos on them, you know. And when I see Blue Money too, it res- it resonates a bit. So maybe you can speak a bit on. I know you said you're not listening to anything but Big Cuzzle right now. But what are uh, who's inspiring you in the current rap scene and uh, who? What what are your inspirations? I guess would be the the, the question. Well, shoot, I, right now, who's really into? All right, I keep it real because me and him, me and him actually grew or we lived a few towns from each other. You know, Rock Marciano. Yeah, like, of course. Just so dropped an we, album. Yes, he just dropped uh, Elephant Man Bones, right? So that, but me, me and Rock Marciano, I don't know him personally. I don't know him like at all, but like know of each other kind of thing because we we live like a few times from each other so that's one dude who i constantly listen to because we're from we're literally from the same area like you know what i mean like he's literally like 30 minutes like uh east i mean he's 30 minutes west towards the city like in new york so that was hempstead he, he lives in hempstead hempstead was 30 minutes like 40 45 minutes away from patch like you know what i mean so it is, it is essentially like in the same area and then you get to New York. So that Rock Marciano is like number one for me right now. And that's really it. Like I I, I tap into Action Bronson here and there. Um, you know, I, I get, I get, uh, that's really it. That's really off the top of my head right now. But who really inspires me, like, like just inspires me is really, really tell you the truth is Jay-Z. But more, more in the oh, sense man. of, like more in the sense, like yeah, lyricism, but more in the sense of how can I, how can I leverage my knowledge to bring me to you know what I'm trying to manifest, basically. Like, because if I'm if I'm if I'm manifesting myself to be the illest, then it's like what Jay Z said, like you know you can, like everyone has an innate talent. You just you know what I mean. You just you just gotta you just gotta tap in. You know what I mean. Uh, that's that's really who I that's who really inspires me like top notch outside of Ghostface Killer because I just love Ghostface Killer, like right? you know what I mean Wu Tang proper like you know what I mean that's that's another dude who changed my life like changed my life you know like whoa like this this dude like Supreme clientele come on man yeah. like that that album changed my life bro like I couldn't believe because you because the transition of rap from New York at the time it was like filmatic reasonable doubt and then all of a sudden it went to Ghostface. Like, imagine hearing Ghostface on the radio as a kid. That was my like 
that was like the, the moment for me. I was like, yeah, this 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 is gone. This is stuck with me forever. <laughs> so that's really yeah. I just been running through the you know I just been running through the people who inspire me. But I ain't I ain't been tapping into nothing new though, man. I just been I really want to focus on my craft. That's why I'm here. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm trying to get nice. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? You nice for real, and you speaking our language too, man. We. Like, man, the whole of love, the appreciation, bro, like Reasonable Doubt is one of my joints. It's one of our joints, right? So we have to change. This is our cousin. You our cousin, man. We definitely... <laughs> it's a kid shit, for real, with this hip-hop stuff, man, because I I'll t- I was telling his way, even before you jumped on, we were talking about the project. I was like, yo, I really dig it. And we were like, yo, who... Like, there's some... There's somebody here. There's something... There's a... There's a homage right to somebody here and i could hear ghostface like as an inspiration of your music right and the best like man so shout out man keep keep working keep we gonna keep listening too it's it's good to be able to say that and mean it yeah no i appreciate that dog like i i I love music i love rap like i love rap bro like it's 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 just love you know what i mean like it's the only place you can really really get off what you're saying and like i wanted to i wanted to um you you were saying something in the beginning of the of the show about like Chicago. You talked about like the Native American history and things like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's that's essentially like what what I'm getting to on my project I'm, after sport mode. Like I'm trying to talk about my history because I'm I'm from the Chickahominy tribe, but you know I'm I'm Native American. Wow. So like I, you know my my the, the chief chief Palatine. I don't know if you know about that history, but. Uh, Basically, he was like one of the first chiefs that came in contact with the the colon uh, with the settlers. So, uh, you know that that was when like the the first treaty of I forgot what treaty exactly it was. I think it was like Virginia. I forgot the exact name, but basically um, that was like when Native Americans were trading corn for uh, you know British products like whatever they were selling at the time. So like that was in Virginia. So. I just wanted to make people aware that, you know what I mean? Like, this tribe that still exists, like, if people forgot, like, you know, I'm from one of them tribes. You know what I mean? And and it's crazy. Like, shout out to you for putting that out there because people really don't, like, people really don't think about us like that. Like, we're literally forgotten about. It. You know what I mean? The yeah. Minute, the minute that you bring up a Native American, it's like conversation and done and done. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm taking a step to put that visual out there for us you know what i mean you know one of the dangers bro about like history forgotten and which is why you know i appreciate miles from doing for doing this land acknowledgement and acknowledging that like yo this land that we're on the violence that was done to the people on this land is inseparable from the violence that we see in the people of the u.s today in our countries in our cities you know especially when you subscribe to the fact that energy doesn't get destroyed. It just gets converted. And though when land is taken and there's blood that seeps into that land, when we then see the the seeds and the fruits of that land be violent and spoiled and, you know, all the violence and miscommunicate and misinformation that we're seeing, you have to be able, you, you should, it's an easy to draw a line to see where it comes back from, bro. So in any way that's being acknowledged, either through your art or in any way we big that up. So... Uh, we're looking all the way forward to to what sport mode is gonna be like, and I'm sure the merch is gonna be crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, the merch is yeah. I got, I got, I got some designs, and we we pretty much ready on that. And we just, we just that's it. We just need to you know we just close out on 
distribution, and that's it. We're good, you know what I mean? Like, every, everything is pretty much ready to go on that one. I can't wait till y'all hear that one. Uh, that, that's the one that we'll, we'll be able to talk more, you know what I mean, the ball progress, because mm-hmm. I ain't really dropped nothing since mm-hmm. Blue Money. Like, you know, I got the little bits on SoundCloud. I don't know if y'all ever checked the SoundCloud, but there's some, there's some mm-hmm. bits on there that was supposed to be on Blue Money. There's some bits I was supposed to drop, things like that, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's really, like, you know, Sport mode is gonna be more of an ode to where I'm at now, and I can't wait to hear that. Like that's that's what I'm, ex- you know, what I mean, I'm excited for y'all to hear that. Well, we mad excited to hear it, man. And shout out to the SoundCloud audience. I know they hype too now, man. Your energy is dope, man. Your energy comes through in the music, and it's dope that you match it here on the show. It's not every interview that could do that, man. So we appreciate that, and and that history that you was acknowledging, man. It makes us powerful, yo makes us powerful and that powers in the music too man so yeah guess oh, sport mode season come on man sport mode season we, yo tell you man sport mode season man i i appreciate y'all putting that knowledge out there because i always talk about this like i always talk about you know like you know long story short you know what i mean just my tribe like make people aware you know because you know we, we forget we forget you know people forgot people forget about these things you got us you know like you know they trick they trick the black men in america to believe that america is this you know it's crazy and and, and then we they, we're all we're all the ones to suffer all the black community ones to suffer. and and we're and the thing about blackness is that blackness removes your identity so i tend not to say i'm black i tend to say that i'm an american indian mm. you know so I, I don't say black no more i say i i i know my identity i know myself you know what man. i mean amen Identity is so we, important, so we respect that in a big way. Yeah. yeah. We say self-awareness is self-love, man. Self-awareness is self-love. And how we're going to keep showing you love is our SoundCloud audience is definitely in full effect. Our biggest audience over there, they love this hip-hop stuff. So we're going to keep promoting uh, Big Cousin. Big Cousin is is a as a friend of the show, is a family, is our big cousin, man. We're so excited to for... Uh, sport mode to come in. Hopefully, we can get you out in Chicago. Whenever you're in Chicago, you can let the boys know. We can Word. sit down. Seriously, um, y'all both in Chicago? I'm out here. Well pulling up, so oh, no doubt. That's all right, but I'm pulling up to Chicago. Yo, it's crazy. I always wanted to pull up to Chicago, but I was. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a New York nigga, but you know what I mean. I ain't really trying to pull up. Oh, on them sides there, unless I know somebody, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, now you know somebody. Now you know somebody. <laughs> All right, all right. You don't tap it. Not just anybody. Not just yeah. say we're gonna have you out there feeding kids in Chicago, brother. You you'll see how we get down. I'm down, man. I'm down. Just let me know, man. I'm down. Like you know what I mean. Appreciate yeah. you. Appreciate you, yo. Because oh, we appreciate your time, brother. We got more information to be able to get these people. Check out Blue. Come on, man. Check out my brother's Blue Money EP out now on the DSPs. Without further ado, our producer's giving us the cue. Let's get into it. Shout out Big Cuz. Man. Yo, that was fun, bro. That was a good time. Like, man. We got to do more of that. We got to do more of that. 
something so, uh, people. Yeah, go ahead. Our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> something people apparently aren't doing enough of is reading. And I know that's something that you want to be able to jump in and talk to people about. Miles Xavier, what are the statistics talking and saying about people reading? Uh, people are reading less, right? That seems like that's the move. That's the trend, right? So we're in this space where between 2003 and 2016, the amount that the average person read or devoted, the amount of time that they devoted to reading dropped from about 0.36 hours, which is about 20 minutes a day, uh, to about 17 minutes a day, right? And I don't seem like that's a crazy drop, but it's, a, it's in a trajectory that shows that People aren't absorbing, taking their information that way. And I guess when you hear that, it's one of those headlines like, oh, no, people aren't reading. Come on, man. We got to fix that. We got to change that. But before we get too hype about it, I guess I just wanted to bring to my brother and talk to you like, is this something to be worried about? Um, are readers going other places? How should we look at this? And I think you as somebody who I know to be one of the big readers in my life um, is the perfect person to talk to. I appreciate that, bro, because I, I see you as a, a big reader, too. And I think it was, um, funny enough, I was inspired about how avid of a reader you are um, to, after, during university, you know, you're one of the few people that I know during uni that was picking up books and reading casually. You'd catch Miles Xavier flipping through Game of Thrones or something <laughs> wild. I was like, yo, this dude is crazy. <laughs> Game of Thrones had a chokehold on me. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. It was tough to balance that with the books. With the school Super books. immersive. Word. Super immersive. Hurry man, up but... with that next one, George Martin. I ain't playing with you. Oh, it's never coming out. It's never, it's never <laughs> coming out. I'll right. let you know that. You're probably right. I'm hurt. I'll let you know that for free right now. But in terms of the reading, man, um, you know, something interesting is that, that I've been finding a lot of people have a fear of reading in the traditional sense, which is sitting down with the book and flipping through it. Right. Um, I know one of my partners and I know he wouldn't mind saying this because it's so empowering. And I think it's important for people to hear one of my business partners, CJ, who is co-founder with me in Chomi in Namibia. He's dyslexic. Right. So he has a reading impediment that switches letters on him. So letters switch on him. So reading is a is a struggle for him to be able to get through. However, it is not an impediment. Uh, the learning is not an impediment. This man consumes information mm. in in a very uh, from all mm. different angles, audio, visual, um, that type of thing. So, I do think that on one end, it you do want to be able to share the joy of there's there's a particular joy in sitting with the book and flipping through it and finishing a book and getting immersed in the presence of of that type of um, of that type of content. But I do want to be able to open up the doors of the fact that it's not the only way to be able to consume that information. That reading is information coming in through a book is not all the way separate from information you can get it from podcasts or from YouTube or from audios, that type of thing. Ah, interesting. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up, right? So and and to be clear about like how much people are reading, um, I think it's important to also acknowledge that like reading this is basically based on a survey that categorized like the way people spent their time, right? So reading was separate from something like computer usage, right? But somebody might be spending time on a computer reading a lot of things, but it was dedicating reading as a specific activity, right? Um, and so when you get into, I, I appreciate you trying to be um, 
inclusive in terms of being like, yeah, people absorb information in a variety of different ways. And it's important to like not make them feel less if reading is not the way that works for them. Um, but I think it's also like what you said with um, audiobooks and the different ways that we consume it. There are some certain benefits to reading, right? Like improving <laughs> your brain connectivity. What you like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the. I guess that's the energy I'm coming with. Y'all need to read, right? Because it improves your brain connectivity. Um, it increases your vocabulary and comprehension. Uh, it empowers you to empathize with other people. It aids in sleep readiness. There's a whole bunch of like things related to stress. Um, it lowers stress, blood pressure, heart rate, fights depression. So. There are some benefits to doing this thing that I feel like a lot of us have an interesting relationship with. So I think if you have the ability to read, right, I think it's something that you might want to take a second thought about how much of it you're doing. Your brain is a muscle. It's like exercise. It's like working out. Um, and reading is an incredible way to do that. So uh, I wanted to ask you, man, as somebody who, like, speaking of exercise and working out, who takes care of their body, who thinks a lot about what you put into it and how you maintain it. Um, and I know books are a big part of that, and I wanted to know where did that start with you? Um, quite honestly, man, you know, I've, I've, I'm very fortunate. My mom was a teacher, you know, so I hated reading and was forced to read for the longest time. You know, I was one of those kids where punishment to me was you better if you want if you want something, you got to write a report on it. You know, that was that was the household that I grew up in. So it's funny enough that what it turns into a punishment at some point and then you sitting there with a whole bunch of encyclopedias. So I was one I was an encyclopedia kid. Um, and had the full collection of those. And so that became my escape um, way before PlayStations came about. And I don't know if you, and maybe this is a black mom state, but they used to hide by PlayStation during the school year. You know what I mean? <laughs> during school year, you, you, you wake up one morning, it's all gone. I didn't, mine even, I feel like hiding it would have been better. Mine didn't get hit. It was just off limits. It was just, you can't, <laughs> it's right there. It's plugged in, but you better not touch it during the week. That week is for school. Now, you can pick that up on Saturday morning when you're not at basketball, right? And we're not having to go out to visit relatives. Whenever, I don't know when you're going to play it was basically their attitude. But it's, there. <laughs> it's plugged in, but you better not touch it during the school days. So that was a tough relationship too. <laughs> I hate the I hate the miscellaneous nature in which these punishments were given through. Because on my side too, they take there was no set date on what it would go. You know, if school started on Monday, it would be a Thursday and it's gone. It's like, hey yo, what's <laughs> I still got some I still got some time with the clock, but they still take it out. But you know, in retrospect, um, that was a very that was a very um that was something that really did help me a lot, right? So that that's how reading really did start for the boy. And then over time, Harry Potter, um, Goosebumps, uh, R.L. Stein, just being really immersed in, in this universe of, 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 of characters. And so as time goes by, dropped reading in university, surrounded myself by people who I would like to be like avid readers, such as Miles Xavier in university, who's once said to me, you said something fly to me, man. Uh, you said, bro, I just want to be furiously intelligent uh you you said oh, go ahead hit them hit them with the quote they hit them with the quote that you told me uh i think i think the quote you're talking about is the desire to be like fiercely articulate right specifically in defense of like the things we care about um and 
in service of community, right? Uh, I think we looked around at the world that was developing as we were coming into our adulthood and going, wow, um, what a fact is, is less tangible. And if you want to be able to make a point, if you want to be able to really lay out an ideology, then people are, people are picking at that in a way that isn't thinking critically, but is effective, right? And so you have to be fiercely articulate in order to um, combat that. And I think that's something that we've adopted for sure. So it, it's, it's fascinating, but because what I don't think is, all, there's, there's a lot of positive things about reading. And I, I read avidly, much as yourself. We, we, we share that passion together. But I don't, I don't think it's something that has to be super prescribed because I know a lot of people do struggle with it. Now, it's one of those things that if you can get into a habit of, it definitely is like getting your brain to, for, to it, gets, it, it warms your brain up. It's like your brain doing push-ups in the morning or whenever you read it. It's like, you know, your brain's doing yoga, actually. It, it really does engage in a different part of immersion. So I'd, I would like any, everybody to be able to appreciate that, especially young black kids, because it helps you be articulate in a very particular way. It helps you to be able to convey information in different angles. By being able to read, you can you can tell you can tell if someone is a reader based on how they write. Not saying that it is bad writing, but you can tell the the intricacies and the manner in which they get to information if they are an avid reader. So I do think that the the for for those that are really passionate about being able to represent themselves in the most articulate, sharp way and love words and love delivering information and love um, and love being able to to communicate all of the all, all of the, the greatest people in those fields are all avid readers. Yeah, and it's I think you're right, man. I think you're right to take the approach of being like, we're not trying to be too prescriptive, right? Because the extent to which you have time even to read, right? I know it's people busting their ass on a nine to five that are like, bro, if you tell me to pick up a book between shifts, <laughs> I got a few choice words for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I would say like, yo, try maybe maybe one book a year, right? Or maybe just one book, period. Find something that you like. doesn't have to be um, something super like, you know, high-minded, super cerebral, we was just talking about how, like, I got a lot out of reading Game of Thrones, just from the habit building of reading, from the ability, his ability to describe the author's ability to describe things. Like, it definitely did help my writing. Find something that you care about or that interests you. Um, and don't worry about how, don't compare yourself to how other people are reading. I think these Zoom screens got us messed up, bro. I think seeing everybody's so-called library behind them when we're trying to engage with them has us in a space where like reading is almost a competitive thing right and like we, we're thinking about how we should um how many books we, we need to read a certain amount of books or or say we read a certain amount of books i think we need to take that competition part out of it uh, i think that's the big thing holding us back from from reading good point there is i am seeing a lot of competitive reading like this i read 20 books this year you know i've, I've definitely seen a lot of that um but i think also uh, uh, going back to the statistics of it uh reading for leisure and for inform reading reading for leisure 
has always been a niche, um, a niche market, right? You've always had um, other forms of media and mediums that have always dominated, or not always, or at least since the introduction of the radio, um, that's that's always been greater than than reading. So right now, because a lot of more people have access to um, different ways of shipping books and whatnot, there is an increase in the sales of books. Um, so you're not necessarily seeing that reading is dying, so to speak. Um, but I think the liberalization of information means that authors are able to give out the information that would be in their books in different mediums. So maybe the physical process of sitting down and opening a book, opening up a book and reading, um, you know, it's possible that there's a, I don't want to say that there's a decline in that, I'm not sure. But I do think that authors are being more intentional about being saying, if you can't read, or you don't have the time to, or whatever is stopping you from being able to enjoy this information, tap into an audiobook. Um, one of the something really fun to do is running with an audiobook, or biking with the audiobook, or doing some sort of exercise with the book in, in the back of your head. So it's like you can get through, you, you can get through, you can go through a university course like that in traffic. No doubt you can. Um, and I definitely like, especially when the author is the one reading the book. Like, I think audiobooks bring a certain quality, right? You can understand something like sarcasm more easily through an audiobook, right? Or hear the emotion in someone's voice when they're telling a story. So I think that's huge. Um, I guess I got to be the bad guy, right? I want to, I, I found a fact, so I'm going to share them with the people, but they actually say the biggest difference um, between comprehension in terms of reading a book, the physical copy, or reading a book or digesting it through an audiobook. Um, is multitasking so for show you can definitely take in information like you said while you running or driving or doing the dishes right um but if you want to be if you're doing it for a class just know that you'll retain the information better if you sit down and listen to the book intently and take notes maybe in the same way that you would sit intently and have to read a book um that kind of multitasking aspect gets in there a little bit but you also write about the different ways that we're taking in information, right? The internet, social media. I was talking to our producer before the show about how our brain gets in this mode of maybe not, maybe not being too far or too unused to reading, but used to reading small snippets and blurbs that are supposed to stimulate the brain in the smallest tidbit of information, meme, 30-second video, and it can be hard sometimes to shift back to critical reading mode. What's your reading process? Uh, I I think I treat re reading as a as a leisure activity, like meaning like I do it intentionally. Like when I'm reading, I'm reading, right? I think my relationship with music means that it's hard for me to like listen to music and read something at the same time, um, whether it's like for fun or for for uh, for school or for work, right? So. Um, I have to read a lot of articles for work. I have to read a lot of like very academic type documents for work. So I try and read either stuff about organizing that inspires me. I'm reading a book on mutual aid by Dean Spade right now. That's pretty fire. Um, I'm reading a book about uh, addressing white supremacy, um, the field guide to white supremacy. Uh, so I like to read that type of stuff, but it's an activity for me. Like it's a like, sit in my chair, pick up the book, and do nothing else, right? Keep my phone away from me. Or if I've got the book on my phone, read my phone, try and ignore the notifications, right? Um, 
but it's like a it's a it's a whole activity unto itself to me which means sometimes it's hard for me to find time for it uh but it also means that it is something that i that is rejuvenating when i do find the time and that yeah i feel like i definitely soak up and connect with the material that makes sense that makes sense i mean there's different ways to it. There's that way where you can um, schedule a particular sort of time into it and um, treat it as an activity and, you know, set your own limits. My What I found to be super effective for me is that's the first thing I do when I wake up. Before I get out of bed, I got a book by my bedside. I pick that up and I'll, and I'll push through 20 pages. 20 pages is the number I have to hit. If I can hit 20 pages that, day, that morning before I get out of bed, that's always, then I know I'm ready to start. So between Monday and Fridays, um, Saturdays, you know, I have a little bit more time to be able to uh, maybe go to a cafe or read while taking my coffee. But I do not leave the bed before I'm finished reading. And that's just one of those things that takes about two weeks to be able to get in your system. The first few weeks, you just, you know, the, the book is hitting your pay is the, the book is just hitting your head because you're struggling to stay awake. But over time, it's just one of the it's like um, jump starting your brain in the morning with uh, just forcing it to be able to take in information. The more you enjoy that information, the more fun it is to go into it. Um, so for one of the, and I got that method from, I think it was Jordan Peterson who was saying, just ingrain it as part of your morning preparation processes or one of your get ready processes where it's, I do this at this particular time, this is what I do no matter what. And the morning has always been super easy for me to do because I haven't touched my phone, I haven't done nothing, grab a book, open it up and uh that's that's how one is able to to you know read multiple books uh, a year yeah now that you got me thinking about it man i'm i'm driving a lot more and like even have the blessing of being able to walk between a lot of the spaces where i work now but it was dope to be on public transit and be able to read so anytime you got you are um anytime you're a captive audience that's a fire time to be able to pull out a book you know what i'm saying find one that's not too big Keep it on your person, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and uh, yeah, pull that out. And make Be intentional about that, for sure. Being intentional isn't only something that's reserved for reading. Being intentional is something that artists do all the time in their music as well. We heard Big Cuzzo talk about the intention, intentions behind that blue money, you know? Uh, and we also hear different sorts of artists putting in a whole lot of intention within their music it's been raining hip hop it's been raining hip hop get your hip hop umbrellas out Mas Xavier what do the people love most man they like when we take the time select a project think about it and bring them wreck and review <laughs> Rick and review Mo Hip Hop, Mo Hip Hop. Just want to say shout out to our SoundCloud audience, shout out to our Reddit audience, man. We see y'all guys over there pushing it in full effect. We appreciate y'all. We appreciate y'all. We do these music reviews for y'all. Sound Miles, we have a long history with SoundCloud, bro. <laughs> yeah, word. SoundCloud has been with us. It's been a third part of this friendship from the jump, really. I can say we've been on SoundCloud for a decade. Yeah, just about, just about. Shout out to Selection. Shout out to, uh, you know, who was who was early on them SoundCloud days? Esta, Mr. Carmack. Yeah, no doubt, man. We was we was definitely uh, curating playlists. 
we was way before Apple Music and all that. You used to come to us. We was hot. You know what I'm saying? We was local, but we was hot. You knew when you was listening to something that came from us. <laughs> Probably a, a steamy playlist of sorts. But that being said, man, I do want to appreciate the fact that we always felt that, man, we wish we didn't stop the music curation part of that SoundCloud journey so early. And now that things come so full circle and this audience is allowing us to do it, man, we do want to appreciate y'all. How we show y'all that appreciation is by diving into some of this music. Jid, J-I-D, the forever story. What we say? This one was important. Um, I ain't gonna hold you. DiCaprio 2 wasn't it for me. Talk on it. Uh, and I ain't mad if you like that project. I really, I'm really not. Um, as somebody who had been listening very attentively to this to this artist, there wasn't anything I felt new on DiCaprio 2, right? And it was another one of those situations where some of the best songs on the project I'd heard before the release of the project. Um, to me, it didn't live up to the Never story. And I think maybe there's a reason why there, that project didn't get the title that this project got, right? This is a proper follow-up, um, and I think it delivers. What you think? We spoke about this actually a few weeks ago when we said, and, and it's crazy, man, how these conversations be happening. We literally brought up J.I.D. and we said what he needs to do next is drop something that does not lean too heavily on just rabbity rapping us to death. Um, he needs to be more vulnerable and needs to expand his music, um, his, his music um, experimenting in a very artistic way. He needs to lean on his artistic capabilities. And so in saying that he was going to do the Never Story, which was a backup to the best album that he's dropped, at least what everybody feels to be the best album is about to the Never Story, which was his breakout album. It's much like we spoke about Joey Badass last year. The album that these guys, how you name an album and the connection to it and the intention behind it is important. So when you say I'm doing the Forever Story, you're referencing my best album, meaning that this has to be compared to my best album and this comes from my best album. And so for going into it, I definitely would have I held this in a different analytical eye than I would have if it was just another album that I would have dropped because this is in, in reference to such a good album and because his peers are dropping incredible music at the time. I would be hard-pressed not to say that in a time where there's a Mick Jenkins, where there's a Joey Badass, where there is a Boogie, where there is an Isaiah Rashad, where there's a Sir, where there's a lot of very, very talented people. Reason. This album fits right into there. Congratulations, Jid. Good piece of work. I agree, man. I agree. This is... If, he, if his goal was to remain in the running for that title, I think this, this project accomplishes that. Um, it shows a level of growth, a level of maturity that uh, I think he frankly needed to show to show that he has longevity in the game. Um... How do we wanna? Uh, how do we wanna? How real do we wanna get? How real do we wanna get? Cause I wanna praise it, but I have some. I have some criticisms of it too. You know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, it's I'm, what do you take? What, to, go ahead. Let me start. Let me lead. With, let me lead with love. Let me lead with love. My favorite thing about this album is um, how 
you see Jid leaning a lot into his um, vocal performances. You know, songs like Cody Blue 31, where it's, 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 a, it's a ballad of sorts. Also, the Dirk feature, I think, was very smart in not relying on Dirk for a traditional Atlanta beat because, you know, Dirk has collab albums with Baby, so Dirk fits very well into that Atlanta flow, but utilizing Dirk in a very different way, I think, was very smart. And then his use of Ari Lennox, Sistinum, Brudenum, man, I think this content is extremely intentional and it's, it's very poignant and on the money. And I think the mark of a good artist sometimes is the ability to know how well you can rap, but like still be able to deliver something that's simple and beautiful. So I think the beautiful moments in this album are very beautiful. And the hard moments in this album, they do slap. My brother is going to now offer the harsh criticism. Let me get out the way. It ain't even that harsh. It ain't even that harsh. It's, it's again, I want to lay the foundation of like, this was a really good project. Um, I think one of my biggest overall criticisms of of Jid is the double time flow, right? And there were points on this project where it felt like it was a tool that he was using to create the dopest song possible. And it was other parts of this project where I felt like he was falling back on that in a way that was, that didn't, I don't know. I wouldn't want to say that it wasn't creative, but I just feel like, when he didn't, there was there, there were some spaces where he used it and didn't use it that showed me that he relies on it a lot. It's a big part of his repertoire. And What's a double time flow? A double time flow is when you take when you take the amount of bars that you could fit that you can fit into a space and you use you basically fit two bars for every measure of a song, or you say two bars worth of lyrics for every one bar of a song. Right, so if a beat is like one, two, three, four, you can kind of rap like one, two, three, four, or you can rap like one and two and three and four. You dig me, right? And he uses that second cadence a lot in his music to really powerful effect on some songs. And in other songs, I'm like, did you need to do this or did you not know how to not do this? You feel me? I think, I, I think... The songs like Brother Them, Sister Them, Can't Make You Change, Stars, I think they they really do, they speak directly towards that criticism, which was the criticism that he had on DiCaprio too, where it was just flooded in that. So I think, you know, just some pushback on that, clearly his lyrical abilities come in his, in his, in the way that he can squeeze flows into, conge- in the, into tight spaces, but by dropping a song like Cody Blue, which is almost entirely singing, that is towards those critics and being like, nah, I can be, I can do this thing on a whole different level too. Funny enough, it's something that we've seen Boogie do. So I would say that this is also um, heavily influenced by Boogie in terms of the, 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 the love song singing element of it. But I still think it comes off very well. Yeah, I agree. And actually... Uh... Maybe this is a an unpopular opinion from uh, the Never Story, but Hereditary is one of my favorite songs on there of Same. him singing, right? And so I think he's shown that he can do it, but I think he's still developing his approach to certain songs. Like you, man, I really appreciated the way that he used or the way that Dirk on Brudden M wasn't a typical Chicago-sounding, drill-sounding feature. 
I don't love Dirk's performance on the song, but again, right, I appreciate the creativity. Um, I thought Can't Make You Change was hard. Now, Sister Nem. Sister Nem is a joint. Now, Sister Nem is fire. I mess with that heavy. Um, I think songs like Crack Sandwich are some of where he displays his ability to pick from a different pool of content than most artists are right now and to weave in vulnerability and to paint pictures, right? He does all the things that artists talk about doing, painting pictures with his bars, really making you feel it. Um, but there's a uniqueness to the way that he approaches storytelling that makes you feel connected to the characters and his stories, his family, even his use of skits. Um, I really just appreciate his approach to this, man. Even the album cover, right? Like, a lot of times we see an album cover and we're like, okay, he went with one of those. It looks like this. This is something a little bit different with him standing in the middle and all these scenes from different pictures all on the same background. He's in a different artistic space. And if there was a question of whether he belongs in conversation with the Boogies, with the Isaiah Rashads, um, with some of those other gentlemen, I think he's solidifying his spot. Let me ask you some though. Based on an album we reviewed not too long ago, this or that Joey Badass project? Oh man, I don't like I don't like doing that type of competitive thing, man. But I, I do think that it's Come a on, lot. Man. It's 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 very close. It's Hip -hop very is competitive, dog. It's very very close. But I think uh, both of them are chasing that Boogie album, and I think that Boogie album is chasing that Rashad album. If that helps anybody put things into perspective, so. Um, I very solid piece of work, and I think, man, kudos to, kudos to um, Dreamville, kudos to Dreamville, man, cultivating so much talent coming out of there. Funny enough, I think Jay, I think Jid, is front runner for me in in the Dreamville space. I think Boss is is their pop is their pop rapper look, and I think Ari Lennox is their is their female R and B songstress. But I think Jid, for me, is front runner in uh, Dreamville. And I think he, he wants that spot. He acknowledges that spot and he's going. I met Jid in South Africa in 2017, um, 2018. Real cool cat. Real cool cat, man. Real, real cool cat. So um, shout out to the brother for winning. You know, one of those people where he's just, um, just cool. Just very cool, you know, no, not ego-led, very welcoming, open to understanding the culture, um, even in a very precarious part of town, you know, but he was still a very cool dude, man. So to be able to see somebody that you meet, like, nah, dude, this is a cool dude, um, to see him grow and keep putting out music like this, man. Shout out to, shout out to the boy Jiddy Jid. Man, no doubt. No doubt. Always good to hear that the homie is, is really how the homie is. Um, what about you? What about me what? Can't run away from the smoke. What? What? Oh, me or the jo or this or the Joey Badass project? Mm-hmm. Um, dang. Um, I'm gonna keep it real and go. I'm gonna keep it real and go, Joey. But that's tough. I mean, I've, I've had two, three weeks with that, and I've only had one week with this. So, like you said, it is very close. I think. I think Joey Badass. That album is one that I can see myself throwing on more easily, but. If you had to ask me, if you ask me which one shows an artist um, that may, if, if you ask me which one makes me more excited for the artist's next project, I might have to go with the Forever Story. So I don't, I don't know. If you, if you force me to choose, two thousand. But this one's got a lot of potential. Um, I appreciate where he's at, uh, and I appreciate, yeah, man, that the creativity. 
I'm gonna still take man. I feel like man, this stuff. This sound like I'm hating, but I I I will take Ari over Jid in the in the Dreamville race. I think her ceiling is non-existent. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. But loved this project for sure. If I had to throw a rating on it, I'm gonna give this a four out of five, no doubt. Me and my brother in sync. Me and my brother are a one to one. We got a, a quote. We got a, a, a comment from The Last Goon saying it was a dope listen. Uh, shout out to The Last Goon. Hey, man, Miles Xavier, we gave these people a whole bunch of different information, man. You say you appreciate this album. We also know we appreciate absolutely everybody that be listening to this here show, man, because we know. Yeah, we know. You got a lot of options, some of which might be less choppy. So we experienced a lot of chop today, but we persevere. You know what I'm a saying? A lot of chop. Yeah, lot of chops. Excuse the video issues, but you know we out here doing the best that we can with what we got um, in this celebration of celebrating, in this celebration of love, in this celebration of what it means and how good it feels to acknowledge our history and be black. Don't it feel good, way? Hey, shout out to because though, and it feel great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or First Nations, or Native American, or whatever you are. We hope it feel good <laughs> to be you. Before we get up out of here, I gotta address some. <laughs> you gotta address it, dude. You gotta address some. <laughs> you gotta address some, dude. We have a rogue comment to the last goal that that <laughs> needs that really just that feels like we need to put the PSA out there that the state of hip hop is in the state of Nebraska. <laughs> now do with that information what you will, but it's only right. It's only right that we put that out there because we've heard that comment a couple of times now. So take it in. <laughs> no doubt, man. We appreciate our audience. We appreciate y'all listeners. Keep engaging, man. We want to be able to shout more of y'all out. Throw y'all PSAs out. But for now, eat something delicious. Hug somebody you love. Oh, um, and send me a laptop, yo. Peace. Water. We gone. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live?